day, for this team, for this church. It's your son's mighty name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Children, you all are Man, y'all came ready to worship Jesus today, didn't you? Good night. This place was hot for Jesus. I absolutely love what's happening in this place right now. And you know what? You came to the right place for the right word for you today. And here is exactly what I mean by that. Because I don't want to leave any stone unturned in this. But this story is about you today. The story that we're going to read from in Acts chapter 8 today is about you. Now, let's be honest. There are several characters in this story, but you're in it. I want you to see where you are, and I want you to do what happened to very specifically two people in this story. They both end up doing the same thing. Completely different sides of this story, but they both end up doing the same thing. They both end up being completely obedient to God. And where they come from could not be any more different. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Acts chapter 8. If you're with us, join us with us online. I'm so glad that you are with us at this moment. And praising God that you are able to join us through that incredible ministry here at the Grove. And hope to see you here soon uh, if you can. We would love to see that as well. All right, y'all ready to dig into this? All right, it's going to be quick. It's not going to be fancy. It's going to be simple because I think this needs to be simple. I think it's one of those things where clearly the Holy Spirit needs to speak to us and, and not any wise or creative or, or catchy words. It needs to be Holy Spirit speaking to us this morning. So Acts chapter 8, go ahead and turn there. You're going to need that to follow along. And then uh, let's dig into this this morning. It's all about living obedient. It's about learning how to do what, well, what the Lord wants you to do. And it's about learning when you're supposed to do it and where you're supposed to do it and how you're supposed to respond. It's a big picture. It's an overview. So here's my question to begin with, to ask us a question. This is for me. This is for us. Is it really possible to hear and understand what the Lord tells us to do? I mean, can we really hear like that today? Is it possible for him to speak to us in such a way so there is no doubt that he said, hey, you, you, you do this when? Now, is it possible for that to happen in 2022? Is it realistic? Um, now, some of you in your minds are actually saying this right now. Has this ever happened? And some of you are kind of playing back your life and you're saying, has it ever happened to me where I heard something, I wasn't real sure what it was coming from, but I truly sensed it. It, it, it only made sense if it came from the Lord. And so you responded to it in many different ways. And we'll talk about the different ways that we respond to that word, that push, that reading from the scripture that encouragement from a friend that that voice in our head that person that shows up in front of us that response that's supposed to come this is important stuff i'm just telling you this is what life is made out of right here so find yourself in these two characters so we're going to look at two amazing human beings this morning and we're going to ask the question can that happen again and so i'm going to go ahead and give you the rest of the story at the end 
This is what's going to happen. It absolutely can happen again. 100% can happen again. So we're in Acts chapter 8. We're beginning in verse 26. A fellow that's only mentioned a couple of times in Scripture and another one who's only mentioned here in Scripture. Here's where we begin, verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, so he's going back home to Ethiopia. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud the book of the prophet Isaiah. That's where we start. There's a couple of things here that I think that you and I need to kind of hone in on and pay attention to. But the first thing that jumps off the page is Philip heard an angel. Now, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands and say how many of you have heard an angel or seen an angel. But I want you to just think about what happened in this. Philip heard an angel, and God told him through the angel exactly where to go and exactly when to go there. It was so clear. He immediately did what he was told to do. Now, let's talk about the follower of Jesus in 2022. It's number one on your outline. If you pull that up, if you signed in, you've got the outline there. If not, find something to write it on your hand or on a piece of paper or a note somewhere in your Bible. But this is the first thing that I see that just jumps off the page. Obedience is doing what we've been told to do by the Lord. I mean, how simple is that? Obedience is just doing what God tells us to do. And so many of us in this room would respond, well, how do we know? Well, sometimes you might have an angel tell you. You'll learn later in this scripture, sometimes the Holy Spirit might very specifically speak to you in a certain way. But, <laughs> he's already told us what to do. You really don't have to wonder what he's told you and me to do. Now, who was the Ethiopian eunuch? Important to understand in this story. He was an upper-level government official, of course, from Ethiopia. And by definition, a eunuch has been castrated and can't have children on purpose because the royal dynasty wanted to make sure that no bad blood got into their royal dynasty. So everybody that worked for them that was not royal blood, guess what? They were not having children because they weren't taking any chances. So that's why he's called the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, in life, they would not have gone up and said, hey, Ethiopian eunuch. It's not how it would have gone, but that's how he's described right here. Now, he's from Ethiopia. He is super serious about his faith. How do we know that he is super serious about his faith? Well, it tells us that uh, he traveled, and he would have been from Ethiopia, so he traveled all the way to Jerusalem to the temple to worship. Now, that's not a big deal for us if we can hop in our car, but he he went in his chariot 200 miles just to worship. Anybody go 200 miles to worship? Now, some of you did drive 50 or 60 miles. I do know that. But the reality is you drove, <laughs> not a chariot. So he's behind a, an, an animal <laughs> for 200 miles. He goes and worship, but he still doesn't completely get it, and he doesn't have peace. After all that, he's so devoted. Who was this man? Who was this Ethiopian? 
Well, clearly he's from Africa. It appears to be, he appears to be a convert to Judaism because he's gone to the temple to worship. So he's a Gentile who is worshiping the Lord. So he's been proselytized. Somebody has shared the news of the Messiah, even though at this point he's not even sure who the Messiah is because he's in a Jewish temple where that has not even been made known in real ways. But he's come to Israel to worship, and he's eating up the word of God. We see that. He is reading out loud the prophet Isaiah. And he's got caught up in this scripture ironically at this time. How ironic is that, that he's reading this scripture at this time? And he's reading what any good Jew would be reading. There, he's reading uh, the Old Testament, which is all they had. So that's the way they would have come to have even gotten close to knowing who Christ was. The point for so many of us is this, is that we can be serious about our faith. We can even read the Word. Uh, we can be a, a seeker, seeking the truth and still not have peace. How? Why could that possibly be a reality in our lives? I think the reality is this. We know about Jesus even like this Ethiopian did, but we don't know Jesus. It hasn't become a personal thing for us. It's something that's still out there. It's something that's still on a page and not something that has affected the very heart that beats within us, the very soul of our being. He hasn't trusted Christ. He hasn't asked for Jesus' gift. Because only then can you find peace that will come and transform your life, which is where this man was. So, who's Philip? Who's the one that's listening to the angel? Well, there's a couple of Philips that are mentioned in the Bible. Some are kings. One ends up being a disciple. This one is not a pastor. He's not a disciple. He's not an official missionary. But... He loves the Lord, and he is 100% passionate about seeing other people come to the Lord. We would call that the, the gift of the evangelist, even though he's just a church member. He's just a member of the body. Now, Philip was unique in this. There, his uniqueness was seen by the church. His uniqueness was seen by the early disciples because when they had a problem, they could no longer take care of the, of the widows and the hungry and the orphans. Who did they call upon? They called seven deacons. Well, guess what he was? He was called to be one of these servants from the very beginning. That's the kind of heart that Philip had. It is also assumed that not only was he, and this is not assumed that he was one of the deacons. He was one of the deacons, but it's assumed that he was one of the 72 that was sent out in the book of Acts to go share the gospel. So it went from 12 to 72 when they went to disperse and to spread everybody out. He was clearly one of those guys that is, as it is described in the book of Acts. Uh, so here's the crazy part from our point of view. Why would God pull Philip away from a big city where he was? He was actually sharing the gospel in Samaria where there were tons of people that did not know Jesus. He was there working hard he, and, and the Holy Spirit, the, the, the angel um, the Lord speaking through him sends him down a desert road on the way to Gaza. You know what was on the way to Gaza? Nothing. Desert road. Nothing. It just makes you thirsty thinking about it. And, and for... I, I, this is one of those things that messes with your mind as well. He takes him from a bunch of people where he's being super effective to one person. 
Let that soak in for a second. It kind of takes you back that, to Jesus' analogy and story about leaving the 99 for the one. I mean, is that not just what Philip did? But he did it under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about it like this. When's the last time that you saw a church say, man, we're going to plant a church. Let's go plant it where there's like nobody. No, they don't. They come and they plant it where there's a ton of people already every time, right? Almost every time. We try to do something different from that as part of the North American Mission Board, and I love that. It's why we're supporting a church in Craig, Alaska, in a little bitty community of 1,036 people. Because those people matter too. I mean, there's 10 million in New York City. There's 1,000 in Craig, Alaska. You see, the, you see the, the comparison there, how that works? But that's how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. So this is obedience. Philip is leaving the community with tons of people headed down a dirt road where there's nothing. Folks, that's trust. That's faith. That's a mission that's bigger than what can come through our brain. For you, it could be that one person at work that God has set you with a laser on because you know what they need. It could be that person at school, probably the one you don't even like. It could be that neighbor that won't stay in their yard and complains about yours because you don't cut it as often as they do. It could be that person. Just think about it. It's reality. It's what's happened here. It's what's going on. But I also think about this. The target wasn't Gaza, even though he was on the road to Gaza. The target wasn't Gaza. The target was actually somewhere on that road, yet to be determined. It had not even been given completely. And that's where he was supposed to go. It was one man. Acts chapter 8 and verse 29 says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Okay, so we've gone from the angel speaking to him. Now we got the Holy Spirit. There's a clear differentiation here, but it's different. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. He didn't say, listen to what he's saying. He didn't say, this is what you're looking for. He says, you're going to see a carriage. Go walk alongside the carriage. So he heard the Holy Spirit. He lets the Spirit lead. So he's heard from the angel now. He's specifically heard from the Holy Spirit. And we say, well... <laughs> If we got rock-solid signs like that, we would obey too. Right? I'm just going to say, we've already got our sign. It's already been given to us. The specific road may not be on there, but he still, through his Holy Spirit, speaks to us on a daily basis. If we'll open our minds and our hearts and even our word to listen to him. Sometimes he speaks to us through amazing songs, like we just get to sing and worship, and he speaks to us like that as well. He's not limited. He's unlimited now. But we say, if, but if we got signs like that, we'd obey too. And let's be honest with ourselves. Usually we do hear from the Lord in many, many ways. The question is, what do we do with it once we've heard from him? Do we do what Philip did? We've been given clear instructions from God's word. We've had encounters with people quite often that where it seems like the Spirit has opened a door or cracked it for us to go in. Uh, we sense that push, that, that leaning, that nudge from the Holy Spirit. We sense it because Christ lives in us. And then most of us do this. We look back and we admit at least to ourselves there was an opportunity right there. And I missed it. Is that not, is that, is that not, I mean that's my life. It's like 95% of it. 
And after I've known what to do and I see the door open and I feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit, the next thing I see is I missed another one. And I want to be Philip in this. I don't want to be Ross in this. I want to be Philip in this. But when we don't do what Philip did, you know what we do do. We disobey. We got to learn to listen and we got to learn to obey. There's a right way to do this. Philip listens and he obeys instructions. He does what followers of Jesus were created to do. He listens and then he goes as the Spirit leads and then he tells as the Spirit has already told him to tell. He knows. He's making disciples. And I, I have to keep letting this sink in. Philip wasn't Paul. Philip wasn't Peter. He didn't walk alongside of Jesus this whole time. He's one of the new disciples, if you will. He's a church member, and he's doing what God has called him to do. So what does that mean that we as church members are called to do? Yeah, same thing. It's a calling on every one of our lives. He's not getting paid. No church, no mission board sent him. He just heard the angel speak. He heard the Holy Spirit, and he took off. And I love the way verse 30 describes this. I don't think you can say it any better than the way the New Living Translation said this. Philip ran over. He ran over. He didn't like, okay, I'll go over here. No, he took off full sprint toward this man. He ran in obedience toward this man. And he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? You know, I, I look at Philip being a runner there, and I realize we're all runners. We either hear the Lord and we run to what he tells us to do, or we hear the Lord and we run 100 miles an hour as fast as we can in the wrong direction. But we're all runners. One takes us to obedience. One will lead us to a tough place in life. It's called disobedience. Pretending like we never heard him say anything. It's disobedience. It's being unfaithful to the God who loves us like no other. And again, immediately, he did what he was told. This is where we have to ask ourselves, I think, what am I refusing to do that the Lord has already told me to do? Because a lot of times he won't give us future or, or more instruction of, of things to do until we first do what he's already told us to do. We start there. It's where it has to begin. Uh, chapter 8, verse 31, the man replied, How can I, how can I understand what I'm reading unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and to sit with him. Now that's an invitation, isn't it? Some of us get that same invitation. It may not be up into a carriage, but can we get together for lunch? Can we talk about this sometime? Do you, that's what happened. That's what happened. It was, a, it, was a, it was a meeting at Starbucks or Just Love Coffee. It was a meeting at one of those. That's what happened right there. And he invited him to join him along. Can I talk with you after school today? Hey, you can have break at, school, at work in just a minute. You know? I've been seeing something different in you. And it happens like that. Now, I don't know if you see what I see, but the door 
was cracked for Philip to share the gospel with this, with this man earlier. And now it just flung wide open. I mean, now he's sitting in a chair where there's no excuse. It's going to be awkward if he didn't start answering questions. He's been sat there. Guess where he got sat there by? By the Holy Spirit, by the angel who led him there. That's just fun. Now, I want you to think about this. Who opened the door? Philip didn't force it open. The Holy Spirit opened that door up. He was working in the heart and the mind, not only of Philip, but he was also working in the heart and mind, even the place where this Ethiopian eunuch was riding through. Now, reading on in Acts chapter 8, here is what he was reading from Isaiah. Verse 32 says, is, helps quote this. His passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life has been taken from earth. And the guy's like, I don't, I don't get what, I don't understand. Can you help me? Now, If you follow on down in verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was, was the prophet talking about himself, Isaiah, or somebody else? So beginning with the same scripture, starting where, this is important, he started where the man was. He started on the very page, on the very scripture, on the very scroll, if you will, that this man was reading off of. And Philip told him, the good news about Jesus. Because you know what that story in Isaiah is about? It's about the good news about Jesus. And he t so he, he, he clearly tells him what's happening. Philip was ready to follow, but he was also prepared. He had been in the Word himself. He had allowed himself to be a disciple. So it was more than just real what was happening right there. He knew the Old Testament. He knew how Isaiah 53, which is where this comes from, was clearly about what was happening or what had happened to Jesus, the Christ, as the Messiah. Philip tells him the great news. But there's also this truth. And I think we need to remember this. One, he's, he clearly knows his word. Clearly, he's been a disciple. But I don't think we can forget this either. In Luke 12 and verse 12, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what needs to be said. Now, the only way the Holy Spirit's going to pull it back, if it was put in. You see what I'm saying? If you don't know what John 3.16 says, you're not going to just recall it. The Holy Spirit works through what's already present there by the power of God working in your life. I mean, could this happen today? Yes. What would it look like? You can already see it in your mind. Some of you are already playing this through at work and at school with a neighbor, with a family member. It's happening. And please don't come to me and tell me that you've got a hard situation to talk about with your family. We all do if they don't know Christ. I have walked that road. I've said goodbye to family members that I never wanted to say goodbye to because I don't knew nothing about them being ready. And I've also saw family members that waited till they were 85 and a half to give their life to Jesus. Do not give up. Just a couple of quick 
things. This is number two on your outline, but these get really, really short. When God uses people like you and me to tell his story to someone else he's already been working on, miracles happen. When God uses people like you and me to tell people that he's already been working on about the great news of Jesus, a miracles, a miracles just sitting there bowling, waiting to erupt and happen. That is what happened here. Acts chapter 8 and verse 36. And as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Huh. That's a novel thought. So he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Man, all right, that's a good day. Philip's like, all right, check, obedience. Look what God did. Glory, glory, glory. That's what was going on. It's what had to happen there. So as God used Philip to clearly explain the word of God through Jesus, it is clear that the Ethiopian eunuch believed and was transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. He repented and believed. It's what happened spiritually. It's what he had been looking for, and he would not stop. For, uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 16, But not everyone welcomes the good news, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed your message? So faith comes by hearing, so that is hearing the good news about Christ. Not everyone's going to believe. Our job is to tell. So what if Philip had gone all this way and got up on the chair and told this man, this man's like, I still don't get it. Okay, it's not what I was looking for. Get off my chariot, go on. What do you do? You go on. Now that opportunity might circle back around. <laughs> and you might get that opportunity again. If you get it again, what do you do? You might use a little different method. You might use a different opener. Same gospel. Same story that's happened in your life. But there are different things that are happening in my life, in my story, that's, that are different steps of my faith. And my question is, what does this person need to hear? And that's where I have to begin. Not everyone will welcome the good news. We focus on this one Ethiopian leader, but the reality is he was a government official. Have you ever seen a government official that's going from one country to another that's going to be alone? Well, it's not reality. He was just under the queen. So he would have more than likely had an entire caravan with him. And you know what? <laughs> because he wasn't alone, he would have... You might have thought he might have held back for a second. And he didn't. It was about proclaiming what Christ had done in his life. Through the waters of baptism right there, he wanted to declare his faith in Jesus. He didn't care who saw him. He didn't care what they went back and told the queen. It was something that had to happen in his life for peace in his soul. It's like he wanted others to know who and what his faith was in right then. Because you know in that moment when he was baptizing him, if others were gathered around, that Philip was not silent. Do you hear me? You feel what I'm saying? Can you sense that situation that was going on right there? Which brings me to a question. 
Some of you have called people up onto your carriage to share that incredible news with you because you didn't quite get it. And there's been water presented over and over and over and over again. But I'm too embarrassed. But I'm afraid of this. Or I'm too old now. Or people will think I haven't been sincere all this time. No, I think that would be a clear marking in our life to obey at that point. Folks, we've had people in their mid-70s baptized right here at the Grove. My grandfather, who was 86 and couldn't even get out of bed, wanted to be baptized after he trusted Christ. He couldn't. It wasn't physically possible. Did he go meet Jesus? I have no doubt. Should we obey while we can? 100%. 100%. Here's the last thing. So the Lord gave us believers' baptism as an outward sign of a radical inward change. An outward sign of an inward change. Change. This eunuch was spiritually hungry. He put his faith in Christ. To be baptized was to proclaim his faith. It was and it is an act of obedience, and he did it right then. I, I'm weird. Mine was, mine was I, I met Christ on the morning of June the 24th of 1984, and a bunch of teenagers were being baptized that night. They had just come back from camp, not me, but they had just come back from camp. And I proclaimed my faith that night. I just had the opportunity to. It, the water was right before me, so I did it. I'm just saying, if it's happened, don't wait. If it's happened to your kids, what are you waiting on? Let's, let's let God do what he wants and needs to do in our lives. There are many of us in this room that are like this man. We're looking for a savior. You've found him. You're just figuring out what to do now. And I think he's made it crystal clear. And I want to make this crystal clear. Baptism is not salvation. But it is our first act of obedience after God has changed us and saved us. It's the first one. Jesus set an example for us. He asked John to baptize him. It's one of the strangest stories in all of Scripture because John argues with him. No, What? This is backwards. So why did it happen? Well, Jesus said it was to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, I just hear this. It was just me being obedient to my father. That's what fulfilling all righteousness is, is me being obedient to my father. So Jesus was obedient to his father. Matthew tells us in chapter 3 that the Holy Spirit then descended upon Jesus like a dove. <laughs> I don't get it completely. It's a wild picture. But the Bible tells us that happens. I trust it. And then it tells us that there was a loud voice from heaven that says, This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. I always have to put that in my own words because it just makes so much more sense to say, That's my boy and I'm proud of him. Doesn't that make sense? This is my son, and I am well pleased with him. Acts chapter 8. You can't leave this passage without this one because this is where it really gets fun. All that was awesome. But look what happens in verse 39. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. I'm just telling you, he did a Houdini. 
I mean, that's exactly what God did to Philip. I don't understand why, but it's what the scripture tells us happened, so it's what happened. And the eunuch never saw him again, but went away, went on his way rejoicing. And meanwhile, meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north of the town of Azotus, and he preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. You see what he didn't quit doing? All right. Well, I got the Ethiopian eunuch. I'm done. You guys have fun. No. No. It was burning inside him. And every person, every time he had an opportunity, he was shared. Now, there's one thing that you need to catch here. When he came up out of the water, you need a Greek word for the day. It's baptizo. Huh. wonder where that comes from. We get that one, don't we? Baptizo. It literally means to completely go under the water. It's the same word that's used for a ship that sinks. Now here's the good news. In Christ, we're raised back up, dead to our sins and raised to walk in a new life with him. It's very picturesque. It's a very beautiful picture. But just thinking about what happened to Philip, it says he was relocated to Azotos, which was 20 miles away. He didn't just slip out the side and run up the creek, and there he was. Instantly, he was 20 miles away. And if you read on in Acts, you'll see that he kept on sharing the story all the way back to Syria. To Syria. Philip wanted to obey the Lord. His Savior had changed him. The truth of the gospel had to be told. It was like he thought he might explode if he didn't share what was inside him. So what do we do with this? How do we find out which one of us we are? Well, you already know. In this story, you've already figured out whether you are like the Ethiopian eunuch somewhere in that story, or you're one of the observers just trying to figure out what's going on, or you're a Philip. Maybe unrecognizing, not recognizing the powers that God has put in you so that lives can be transformed, not by you, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you live obedient like this? Well, first one, you've got to admit, it's just three quick things. How do you, how, how, uh, you need to admit, how can I know what I'm reading unless somebody helps me? Okay, if that's where you are, then quit being ashamed. Let's... Ask somebody to hop up in the chariot and share it with us. He wanted salvation. He was seeking God. And then he trusted the Lord. And then you need to ask yourself, if that's not you, then it's this. Why am I not getting baptized right now? I've already trusted the Lord. Well, what am I waiting on? Am I scared how family's going to react? I'm just telling you, you're going to end up with a story to tell your family. And your kids and your grandkids. The last one, you need to respond to God's leading like Philip did to do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do and to do it, I don't know, right now. I want you to stand to your feet. It's going to be a quick, easy, no playing around kind of invitation today. Drew's going to be down here. I'm going to be down here. And if you find yourself in one of those three spots, which you should, it's time to respond to what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life in this moment.
Would you bow your heads with me? Father, the same spirit that spoke to Philip and told him exactly where to go is the same spirit that's speaking into each soul in this room, each soul that is watching this or listening to this right now. And Father, you're telling us what you want us to do. We just have to obey. Help us in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. You come as the Spirit is speaking to you right now.